Hello and welcome to my podcast. I'm Kim Acrig and we are talking about how to combine the metaphysical and the physical to manifest the business of your dreams. If you want to learn how to combine woo-woo and birth ethic, strategy and manifestation, then stay tuned. This is for you. Hello everyone. I hope you're having the most incredible day. I just wanted to ask you, do you feel like you were really reaching your full potential or do you feel kind of stuck? Like you're spinning the wheels and you're working really hard, but you're not really seeing the results that you want to and you don't understand why. I have totally been there. When I first started my photography business, I spent hours, days, weeks just working super hard thinking that if I just worked harder, I would get to the level of success that I wanted and while I did achieve some success, I was burnt out. I was exhausted and I got to a point where I was like, there has to be another way. And I wouldn't actually discover that until a couple years later when I discovered that it's not about all the work that you do. It's about who you are being. It's about what do you believe about yourself? Do you believe you're worthy of having the success you want? Do you have money blocks that are stopping you from achieving the income levels that you want? I had all of those and the way that I was able to get rid of them was by working with my subconscious mind through a process called rapid transformational therapy because 95% of your behavior comes from your subconscious. It really is what's in your subconscious that is more important than your conscious thoughts and what you're thinking. So in an RTT session, we are able to go back to the root cause, the reason of why you're experiencing your block. We can reinterpret the meaning of those events and then imprint you with new positive beliefs all while you're in a super suggestible state in hypnosis so you're putting those new suggestions straight into your subconscious you're not having to recite affirmations over and over again and the reason i love this process so much is because most issues are resolved in one session and the full cycle for your transformation is about 21 days you do the session you have a recording to listen to and that imprints your new beliefs and clients are seeing amazing transformations people who have worked on money things are having like their absolute best weeks or months yet even just right after doing their sessions so it's super powerful when you start working with the like power of your subconscious and if you are feeling called to try RTT or you just have tried everything else and you feel like you're super stuck and nothing is working for you I would love to work with you reach out to me on Instagram I'm at kim.acrig a-k-r-i-double-g send me a DM on there and I can help chat with you about how we can get you unblocked and achieving everything you absolutely want to achieve So today on the show, I'm speaking with Michelle Marsh, who is an aromanosis coach and facilitator. And if you know anything about NLP or the way your mind works, you know that you have a very strong memory attached to the way things smell. Like, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. Like, you can smell like a vanilla cupcake and it brings you back to your like childhood birthday where like your mom made you vanilla cupcakes every year like those scent memories are very powerful and she combines them in an incredible way using aromatherapy and hypnosis together to really help anchor in whatever you're trying to anchor in by using smell as an additional sense which I think is absolutely incredible so I was so excited to chat with her about how she uses this and just how we can get more in touch with our intuition in business and develop self-awareness which really is the key to your success is becoming aware of who you are and 
where you, your strengths and weaknesses kind of lie so that you can really work on those areas and play to your strengths. So this conversation was amazing and I hope you guys enjoy it. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you here today. Thank you so much for having me, Kim. Do you want to tell everyone first, what's your morning ritual? My morning ritual is to make a cup of tea and to go and sit outside where I journal and meditate for as long as I want to. I love that. <laughs> Do you have like something specific you journal on or... No, you know, it really changes and I don't journal every morning. Most mornings I do, but one of my rules about a morning routine is that I have no rules Mm. because when I had strict rules about I do this and then I'll do that, I, I found it really hard to get out of bed. And as soon as I took all the rules away and just said, cup of tea, sit outside, like that's the that's all I have to achieve, then everything else kind of flows into it. And it's easy then to sit and meditate and to journal. And I usually just journal. I ask myself questions if there's something on my mind or sometimes I just feel like I need to ground myself. So I just start writing and that might be really random stuff like I am writing. I don't know why, (laughs) you know, and it just (laughs) eventually it morphs into something more meaningful. But yeah, you just journaling for me is just writing and see see what comes out of it yeah I love that because it's like sometimes Mm. when you know it needs to be so strict and regimented then you don't want to do it but as soon as you're like I'm just gonna do whatever I feel like then it flows really easily yeah yeah it's something I've definitely learned you know probably started about two years ago I started relaxing my routine because my routine used to be like all right, you need to get up, you need to do an hour of yoga, then 45 minutes of meditation, and then you need to fill up three pages in your journaling. And I used to take every self-help tip and add it onto my schedule. And I was finding, you know, I was oversleeping. (laughs) I was not wanting to get out of bed because it was just way too much and too regimented. And for me, the best bit that's come out of a morning routine has truly been just tapping into that or allowing the creativity to flow and to really connect first thing in the morning. And you can't connect with yourself from a place of kind of um, regimen and, and being really strict and harsh on yourself. You have to, you have to be fairly relaxed. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like it's like you can't force creativity and flow. Like it's going to come when mm. it comes, but you can't be like, this is the time where it's going to show up and it's going to look like this. Yeah. Yeah, I actually got into a into a habit I realized one of my big learnings was that I I was using self-help and health as a whip on myself, you know, and I was I was just being I was using it to abuse myself because I was so strict on it and I would get so anxious if I missed my morning routine or if I missed or if I only did like 30 minutes of yoga instead of an hour or whatever it was and yeah it's really interesting how you can take something really positive and beautiful and if you're not in the right mindset you can turn it into something um, very brutal. (laughs) Mm, It's so true like it's like everything can be used as a way to punish yourself if you're Mm. like if you choose to make it like that, like I think it's so easy to do that with like food and like anything really. Like it's like you become so strict and controlling about it. It takes all the joy out of doing it. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's where balance comes in, isn't it? Which is always changing. Like there is no perfect balance. 
But yeah, an extreme of anything is not great. (laughs) Do you want to tell everyone a little bit about what you do and what's your journey been to get here? Mm, So I'm what I call an aromanosis coach. And I'll explain that a little bit more in a sec because my journey kind of explains it. So I started out as a registered nurse and I loved that. And it definitely taught me that I can do anything. I can achieve a lot more than I I thought I could. And it taught me that helping people is definitely where I like to be, but I hated how strict it was and how narrow-minded the whole industry kind of is. So I ended up moving into hypnotherapy and I trained as a um, hypnotherapist, worked worked in that industry for about four or five years and then found that again, it kind of had its limitations. And what I learned through that was that, again, I loved consulting, I loved helping people, but what I hated was that people walked in the door wanting kind of a magical wand solution, wanting me to fix them. Mm. And I was starting to learn that was kind of, it must be about mid twenties by then. I was starting to learn at that point that, you know, the fix really needs to come from yourself because mm. otherwise you just get into bad habits again, somewhere else along the line. And so from there, I ended up moving and this kind of just evolved. I, I built a company with a good friend and we provided basically healthcare solutions in the workplace. So we worked like mining and construction. So some really (laughs) difficult people to work with. I was directing that company and I was also working within it as a health coach and a consultant and a case manager. And in amongst all of that, I had three kids. I um, was also on my own personal health journey and learned about eating healthy, which is very different from what I got taught in the Western medicine model when Mm. I was at uni. So yeah, I learned about, you know, whole food eating and raw food and all of those wonderful things and moved into a low-tox lifestyle, got introduced to essential oils. So all of that kind of, everything was happening and I burnt myself out completely after baby number three the the pieces or the balls in the air that I had all just started falling everywhere and I went through a major burnout and what I'd now call depression I I should have sought some medical probably help and I didn't at the time because when you're in it it's really hard to see and so it's kind of been a journey back in the last couple of years from there. And, and I walked away from my company, just left it and um, went through a huge grieving process with that after everything I put into it and, and built it up. And yeah, it, it came to me one day. It was the end of last year where I'd started consulting as a hypnotherapist, again, just here and there. And I realized I was using my essential oils a lot in that and using them as as anchors and it was working really nicely. And so I called the technique because it evolved into something quite unique and I called that technique aroma hypnosis and that was great. But then I really didn't want to box it again and get stuck in that frame where people think it's the technique that's fixing them instead of the technique showing them a way or teaching them that they can fix themselves. And so eventually that 
evolved into, you know, some journaling practices and all these other little disciplines started coming into it. And that's where I titled it the Aromanosis. And so now we've got a practice group and I consult one-on-one with that as well. And it's just blossomed out of um, this major burnout and I could never have kind of pictured it for myself how it's happened, but it's amazing. That's incredible. So it's like doing hypnosis and like incorporating essential oils into the process of it. Yeah. Yeah. So for the, I I just call it a a Romanosis meditation Mm. now, but it is very much based in the hypnotic kind of practice in the, in the wording that I use and how I guide people. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, because the essential oils work on two two levels you know you've got the biological level that they actually just work on by themselves when you choose the right things for the right reasons Mm -hmm. and then you can also use them as an anchor and what that means is you know putting a suggestion into your mind that every time you smell this essential oil you are going to go and or you are going to feel and so it works very nicely in that kind of way and I still say to people you know this is still kind of a band-aid effect you've still got to do the work behind the scenes you've still got to get into it and become consciously aware of what's going on subconsciously but sometimes we need a crutch you know if if we break our leg it's no no use going and just trying to run again you know your aim is to not need it the crutch anymore but Mm -hmm. you you definitely need it for a while so yeah that's that's kind of the basis of it all that's so interesting so then it would be like they listen to the meditation and then they they're smelling the essential oil at the same time and then later if they kind of want to like bring those feelings up for themselves they can go back and smell it again yeah that's exactly it that's exactly it yeah that's such a great idea oh you know what I don't know why everyone isn't doing it because it's so it it's truly profound like it it took the results of hypnosis by itself to a whole new level i was like wow <laughs> this is yeah. really really cool yeah and it's so simple as well and people can learn to do it themselves mm. which is what my goal is always i i don't want people to need me mm. anymore i want to mm-hmm. help people to to be able to coach themselves and be their own therapist ideally you know mm. that's yeah yeah, I love that because then it's really like putting the power back into their hands because it's like mm. you don't want to have people always relying on you like when they want to do the work. It's like, well, you can help them, but like you want people to learn to become reliant on themselves. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because that's where you get long-term growth and change from, you mm. know. It's 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 a whole other level of, of growth that people get. It's, it's funny because the reason why it's not popular to do things that way mm. is because it takes longer to get your initial result sometimes mm-hmm. but it's also a lot more work mm-hmm. and it's really scary because people are generally more willing to trust somebody else even a stranger even when mm-hmm. they've never met me before they'll trust me and what I'm saying is good for them mm-hmm. over themselves and mm-hmm. what what they think and you know I can resonate with that after I burnt out I had no trust or faith in myself and I was working with a health coach and she actually got to the point she goes I'm, I'm gonna cut you loose because you're just not trusting anything that you're saying and she when she said that to me it was like stab in the gut mm. <laughs> it's it like but I need you you know it was that real attachment how am I gonna cope how am I gonna choose for myself but it was exactly what I needed and that's mm. when I started 
really getting better because I know all the things. Mm. I just wasn't trusting myself. Mm, Yeah, absolutely. It's like learning to kind of tap into your own intuition and listen to that guidance instead of relying on like outward sources to tell you what you need. Yeah. So that's like the bulk of what we do in our aromanosis practice. So mm-hmm. we do the aromanosis like meditation, you know, with the essential oils and everything. And that, that gives you the, the relief. It gives mm-hmm. you the, the space to be able to then do the work, which like you say, is the conscious work. And that's where I think journaling is super effective and you're just learning to connect with yourself and it's really really hard at first because at first it's just like all right I want to connect with my intuition and you're kind of like but I don't know how (laughs) I really want to do this thing but I don't know how and it feels really really hard at first but once you get once you start the process it it gets easier like anything in life the more you practice the easier it gets yeah to tap into it Absolutely. Like I feel like over the past year, I've been really learning to just try and tune inwards for the guidance instead of like looking outside of myself. And it's like, at first you're kind of questioning it and you're like, is this voice my own? Did I make it up? Where is it coming Mm. from? And then you start to really be able to tune into it and you're like, okay, I need an answer. And then sometimes you're just like writing it down on the page and then stuff just comes out and you're like, I don't know where that came from, but it sounds good to me. Yeah. Yeah. So what was your process of in like, of trusting that? Like, Mm. was it, did you trust it really quickly or did it like evolve for you? It's funny because it's like, ever since I can remember, there's been some certain things in my life where I've just gotten this thought in my head where it's like, you have to go and do this. And I've just gone and done it. And other people are like looking at you being like, where did this come from? Like, just as an example, like I'm from Canada originally, I moved to Australia eight years ago and it was just totally on a whim. Like I got hired to shoot a wedding in New Zealand, got to Australia, just fell in love with it. And I was like, I'm moving here. And then like went back, packed up all my stuff and like a month later moved to Australia. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I love you. That's (laughs) that's the kind of thing I do. (laughs) And everyone's like, what? (laughs) Totally. And in some ways to me, it was just so obvious. Like I got here and I was just like, I'm supposed to live here. And I just knew it. And then with other things, it was a lot more subtle. Like the things where I had a lot more fear around it or the outcome, it was almost like harder to trust myself on those things. Like I did a lot of work around like money beliefs in the last couple of years. And I think one of the big ones was like this fear of scarcity of not having enough. And so I would always be like trying to tune in with myself and being like, do you need to be afraid right now? And my intuition is always like, no, you don't need to. But when it Mm. says stuff like that, I'd be like, but why though? Yeah. Yeah. And then you second guess it, don't you? Mm -hmm. I always find that as well. The more invested I am in the answer, the harder it is to tell the difference between kind of my ego and intuition itself, you know? And yeah, and it's funny, money's a big one because I mean, that's cropped up for me a lot over the years and kind of the same, you know, in recent years, it's, it's improved a lot. And I think it's such a common one because we feel like if we don't have money that, you know, like everything's, everything goes to pot. I always go to worst case scenario with that. That's the only thing. Well, not the only thing it's, it's probably the biggest thing that's 
that's helped me really let go in the sense that, you know, we're not going to end up on the street. There's, you know, worst case scenario, there's government support, you know, like there's, you know, it's if we lose all our income and everything and we lose our home, oh, well, we can rent. Oh, well, you know, like I've got family and, you know, and it kind of, when you think like that and then you start to think how blessed you are because the only reason why I can think like that is because I live in Australia and, you know, we've, we live in this amazing place that actually gives support to anybody that, that looks for it. And, you know, if, if we live somewhere like Africa, if we were born there, then yeah, like the fear, the, the worst case scenario could be a lot worse. Do you know what I mean? And it's, and then so a lot of gratitude ends up flowing from it. And I'm like, I'm standing in my hot shower right now, freaking out about money. I'm standing in my hot shower that I can turn on at any time of the day. I could have 20 showers a day if I truly wanted to, you know, like that's, that's how abundant my life is. Like Seriously, yeah. stop whining, Michelle. <laughs> totally. It's all in the reframe, isn't it? Like you have like mm. that fear moment and then you're like, hold on, wait, I don't need to buy into this story. Like, look at how abundant I am. Look at everything that's around me. Like, here's all yeah. the reasons that's not true. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's crazy when you do it and then you're like, you know, it's, you have that moment and you're like, I can't believe I was feeling like that before, but yet we do. And it does, it creeps up on you and the, and the fear is real as well. And I think you have to acknowledge that it's real. I think when I used to try and push it away and go, oh, that's stupid. Don't think like that. It kind of got bigger. Mm-hmm. But when I embraced it and actually said, no, I, I am actually really scared about this. Okay. Now what can I do to start healing it? then I was able to move forward. But ignoring it really did not help at all. It just got bigger in the background. Yeah. Yeah. It's like what you resist persists. Like whatever Mm. you're kind of fighting against, it just keeps growing and growing until it's like you need to pay attention to me. So it's better to just like acknowledge it. Lovely law of attraction. (laughs) Yes. That I have a love-hate relationship with. (laughs) Like, it's like, did you ever feel like when you were kind of going through your burnout stage, like, were you aware of, like, how bad it was? Or were you just kind of like, I can push through. It's not that bad. Yes and no. Like, Mm. so I actually think I was in burnout for two years before I acknowledged it, Mm. which really shows me, you know, how much stamina the human body and the human mind have. Mm -hmm. So because of my hypnosis training, I was really able to segment my mind. And I, so I'll tell you how I, how I, how I realized that there was a problem because I had a couple of like really good friends. My best friend at the time, you know, said to me, are you okay? I'm like, I'm fine. She's like, you're doing way too much. I'm like, I'm totally fine. I'm like, really couldn't see what her problem was. Mm. I thought she was just upset that I wasn't catching up for coffee as much. And I, I, I'd stopped drinking alcohol because I realized that it wrecked my performance, but I was really working kind of 24 seven in between looking after my family, obviously. Mm. And I thought everything was absolutely fine. And at that stage, I did have a strict exercise regime. And what happened was that every morning when I was exercising, as soon as I got out of breath, tears started falling out of my eyes, like streaming down my face. And I was like, well, this is really weird because I wasn't feeling sad. And it got to the point where it was kind of awkward to go to the gym. So I started working out at home, (laughs) still not telling anybody about this. And, and then I started feeling really sad. This, 
it was like all of a sudden I became aware of this mammoth lump in my, uh, it was kind of around my heart, solar plexus kind of area. Mm. And to the point where I thought it was physical that I had like cancer or something, I just felt like I had this huge lump inside of me. And, and then the pain from that. And so when I'd exercise, this pain would come up, like physical and emotional pain, and I'd cry and I'd be like, oh my gosh. And, and that's when I kind of realized one day that there was a problem. So I was so good at pushing it aside. And now I look back and I see all the little signs for a good two years before that, that I actually wasn't coping but because I just had a baby and it was, you know, maybe there was a bit of hormonal things that happened there as well that kind of nudged me over the edge and I didn't really take time off work. I just kept working through it all as you do when you're an entrepreneur. And um, not that I recommend that at all. Take time off. <laughs> You'll take it off like now or later. <laughs> right. Yeah. I kind of took my maternity leave when he was um, two and a bit, you know. Mm, <laughs> totally. And then, yeah. And then I realized that everything really wasn't okay. And that's when I started journaling and I, I really I eased off on my morning routine and just I made it all about working out why I was crying. And obviously then it was like an onion peeling back the layers and mm. just, you know, going back to childhood and traumas and, you know, just the physical side of the burnout as well, not, not eating enough. I was eating what I called was healthy, but there weren't near enough calories for the amount of exercise I was doing and the amount of hours at work and then looking after three kids and yeah, so it was, and then I was very, very aware of how burnt out I was to the point where at the beginning of last year, I was a complete hermit. Like if somebody asked me to go out for coffee or dinner or something, the thought of having to talk to another human being about <laughs> mundane issues <laughs> was just exhausting. I just, you know, it, it took everything in me just to look after my family. And so I completely shut down. And at that stage, I thought my trajectory for the rest of my life was I'm just not built for this entrepreneurial life. I'm not built for being out there and socializing. I'm obviously a complete introvert, not an extrovert. And like kind of what really went down that hole, found out a lot about my personality. I'm a highly sensitive person. And I went, oh, okay, but I've got, you know, extroverted qualities and I enjoy a bit of an adrenaline rush. So I just learned a lot about myself and how, and these cycles of burnout that, because mm -hmm. I've been, I think I'd been through a few little burnouts already in my life, but it pushed through them. Mm -hmm. And yeah. And then I, and then you know, when I released all expectation on myself to be anything, because mm. at that stage I had guilt and anxiety and, and I was grieving over the fact that I wasn't successful in the way that I thought I would be. And I felt like I'd let down my husband who had been amazingly supportive through all my journey. And, you know, I'd promised him that, you know, this company will, you know, set us up for life and all the rest of it. And he held the fort at home while I was working crazy hours. Mm -hmm. And it, it just didn't happen as I thought. And yeah, it, it the, the, the grief at that and the... I've lost the word, but I was shame. Mm. I, I felt deep shame and I was so embarrassed. And when I got to the point and that lowest point, and I'd, I'd lost a lot of friends through the process 
as well, because if you don't nurture friendships, mm-hmm. your friends move on. Mm-hmm. And, and I felt deeply lonely and, and I had a, I realized I had a, like this, you know, a bit of self-hatred going on, mm-hmm. but I got to a point, I kept doing the work. I kept journaling. I kept meditating. I, I, you know, joined an amazing um, local gym here. It's a movement facility that just has people from all walks of life and they embrace everybody and started making real connections with people. And then through that, I, I just began to love myself. And I, at my lowest low, when I had zero success, <laughs> I was bringing in, I, I had income coming through with what I do with essential oils, but really I wasn't working in that, in that way anymore. Like, so I, I felt like, I wasn't contributing to my family that much because I was bombing out at like 6 p.m. at night as well. So my husband was really holding the fort on a lot of, you know, his his wife wasn't there much. Mm. I was there physically but not emotionally and mentally. And But I kept an open communication with him and I just was saying this is how I feel. He didn't understand most of it. He does not think the same way as me but he listened and he, and he knew something was going on and he just stood there as the rock. And eventually I found a way to love myself despite not being anything more than I was in that moment. Mm. And that was the most incredible gift I've ever been given by the universe. Because to love yourself when you think you are, well, I thought I was dirt at that stage in the sense of, what outside perceptions were like I I know my mum and my family were like why aren't you still nursing you were so good at that and I I was good at it but it didn't make me happy you know Mm -hmm. and and I'd gone on these other paths and kind of said to the world no I'm going to follow my dream and I'm going to be successful and then I bombed out and to love yourself after that after experiencing that shame was the most amazing gift. And then, and then I was just happy. I was just happy being me with nothing more. And then, of course, once you get to that point, the universe kind of goes, okay, now we're going to give you some work. And that's where, <laughs> that's where the, the clients, people just started ringing me out of nowhere, talking about law of attraction, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, booking me for coaching sessions and hypnosis. And, and then that's where the aromanosis blossomed from there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I didn't plan it, but it's, it's incredible how it works. And, and now I know how to work hard, but mm-hmm. with a semblance of balance because I'm tapped in and tuned, tuned and I'm like, there is nothing more important than being well for myself and my family and then everything else comes comes from there so that's a really long answer to your question sorry (laughs) I feel like I have so many like other questions now Um, (laughs) my first one I'll ask you the shorter one do you know what your type is in human design no I don't heard of human design but I don't actually know sorry yeah oh that's okay don't worry about it my other question was so now do you feel like you've formed like kind of like good boundaries for yourself around like what your work-life balance looks like and like how did you come up with that yeah so this is an ever-evolving thing and it's something I have to be very conscious of because I'm a like like most people in the world a recovering yes person And so at first I was always a yes person and this is how I lost a few friends actually when I'd had enough and I decided no I'm going to say no to some things I didn't know how to say no with grace 
So it came out in a really harsh way. It's like, you know, you're on one extreme for so long and then when the energy gets the chance to balance, it just flips to the other extreme and it can seem, you know, quite aggressive. Mm. And yeah, so, so I just started saying no to everything and, and man, did I feel like a hideous person. And, mm. and, you know, the lesson there was that I thought the books that I'd been reading, they're like, just start saying no and people will respect it for you, you know, respect you more for it. They didn't. Mm. Like, because they, I trained them to expect me to be there. And so I changed the rules of those relationships and they didn't like it. Now, some of those friendships have seen since come back and been stronger than ever. And some friendships I've lost, which, you know, good riddance to them. Mm. Um, if, if that's the way that they are, but it still hurts a lot and it still hurts your ego. And now, yeah, I, I guess my rules are now is that I'm very clear in what's important to me and what my priorities are. So every time I get invited to do something or I get an exciting idea because I get many of them, I really sit with it in my meditation or, or within journaling and say, is this taking me towards that, that vision of what I want? And, and really the vision of what I want has changed from you know, a house or a boat, or it used to be very physical. Now it's a feeling. Mm. Now the vision of what I want is, is health and balance and happiness and deep connection with the important people in my life. So everything I do has to be in alignment with that. And that makes it really clear what to say yes to and what to say no to. And it, and it makes it a lot easier as well. Mm, yeah, absolutely. I have a couple of rapid fire questions for you. Cool. Um, your favorite book? Big Magic by Liz Ooh. Gilbert. Yeah, that's a good one. I'd have to go with Amethyst. It does change, but Amethyst is is always there. Yeah. Um, favorite essential oil? Oh my gosh! Now you're killing me. If it was a single, because <laughs> I mean that changes so much. If it was a single, it would have to be frankincense. Mm, yeah, totally. Well, it was so nice chatting with you today. Do you want to tell everyone where they can find you online? Yeah. So on social media, I'm Happy Me Michelle. I'm mostly on Instagram, but I am on Facebook as well. Um, other than that, I've got my website, which is www.michelle-marsh-all-one-word.com.au. Amazing. I will link it up in the show notes so everyone can come and find you. Well, thank you so much. And thank you so much for having me on the show. It's been ha- heaps of fun. Yeah, it was a pleasure. So there you have it, another show wrapped up. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode. And if you did, it would mean so much to me if you could share it. You can just screenshot yourself listening to it and tag me on Instagram. I would love to hear about what your main takeaways were. And you never know who could benefit from listening to this episode or who is thinking about any of those modalities. So by sharing it, you're really getting that manifestation energy of that giving and receiving energy where when you give something, you always receive. So with that said, I hope you guys enjoyed the show and you have an incredible week. I will talk to you soon. Bye for now.